It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you listen, hope you're doing all right today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal. Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company. I'm donning a shirt today. Get yourself a bottle of Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub now. I love this stuff. I, I I don't know what they put in it, but I'm like kind of addicted to it. You know, I I, I had to order some more yesterday. I'm like I'm I'm down to my last bottle. It's about a two week supply. I, I got to get some more. Hey, no problem, Bill. Man, just relax, relax. So check it out. Go to southerngourmetspice.com. You can get to it easy by visiting our website billycboxing.com and clicking on the banner. Just to make sure you demand the Billy C discount. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by. My book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold, and you can get a copy of it, literally, while you're watching or listening to the show. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Now, if you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. We'll hook you up. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book, which you can't miss. Uh, thank, uh, Thankfully to... Uh, Jeremy C. Put it right up there. Now, if you see me out and about at an event or uh, a function or uh, at the grocery store, I don't know. If you, if you see me, ask me because I never leave home without them. I got books uh, that I can uh, give you right on the spot. So, Anyway, uh, a couple of things today. Uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, I wanted to talk about the news that was released um, today or actually last night. Uh, the uh, the live gate numbers for McGregor Mayweather uh, have been released. Uh, the live gate itself made over fifty five million dollars, fifty five point four to be exact. Um, but all the talk about breaking records and records and records and breaking records, it fell far short of the all time. Uh, gate record for uh, you know live gate uh, sales, uh, which uh, actually uh, is held by Pacquiao Mayweather, uh, fifty-five point four million for McGregor Mayweather, 
and 72.2 uh, million for Mayweather uh, uh, Pacquiao. So uh, almost 20 million uh, difference. Joining me right now from St. Simons Island, Georgia, uh, is uh, my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. What'd you think, man? What do you think about the gate numbers, man? Good morning, Bill. I'll tell you. You know, we. Uh, I'm not disappointed. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, when I ordered the fight from pay per view, and I talked to the guys and powers that may be, they said they were right, right on track to exceed and uh, surpass the uh, record between Pacquiao and Mayweather. Uh, well, I guess they were enthusiastic about it, but it did fall short. So uh, the tail of the tape is a little shorter than they thought. And uh, no, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. Not, not at all. Uh, as I said, if I, I, I still, in my heart of hearts felt that should have been an exhibition bout to begin with and not count as a regular professional boxing match. But, uh, you know, I can't say what, uh, what the powers that may be, uh, uh, could do. So, uh, I, I bought the fight and it was a good entertaining fight. It went exactly how we all predicted and um, that was it. It is what it is. Well, during it the was uh, what it was during the um, promotion of the fight, uh, Team Mayweather and uh, uh, Dana White and the UFC were uh, talking about uh, minimally uh, hitting uh, about sixty million uh, and uh, going as high as eighty million, and the anticipation of uh, breaking the uh, all-time uh, gate, you know, ticket sale gate uh, record. Uh, was uh, did not get accomplished and I'll tell you something I think it's indicative of you know I, I, we always talk about this Sal when you look at big fights over across the pond in Europe the European boxing fans uh, specifically England and Germany um, have a tendency to love to go out and watch a, a live event especially if it's a big event uh, like uh, like certainly this one was and uh, here in the States, it, it's reverse. Uh, it seems like, you know, uh, the big, big events, uh, especially boxing events, we as United States fans like to stay home and watch it. Uh, and I, I think uh, I think this is a proof. Now, now, you know, the official pay-per-view numbers haven't come out yet, but they're uh, have, you know, they're predicting that those are going to be uh, all time high. Uh, early indicators are, are pointing around the five million buys, which would be uh, wow. uh, passing, uh, you know, uh, Pacquiao Mayweather, which was four point four, I believe. Um, so we'll wait and see. But uh, almost twenty million uh, cheaper than uh, um, than the uh, uh, than uh, twenty million less than the the Pacquiao Mayweather. And uh, you know, the other thing too is that they did not. Um, sell out. Uh, they sold uh, thirteen thousand, a, a little less than uh, thirteen thousand one hundred tickets. And the arena that they had set up for that fight uh, in Vegas, the uh, the new uh, arena that they built, uh, could have sat twenty thousand five hundred. So to me, so wow. that's substantially less than a sellout. You know, for for such a fight that had so much supposed interest in it. I think it just goes to show you that from the perspective of a true fight, like you indicated about it being an exhibition, um, the fight fans didn't want to go see it live. Instead, they stayed home and, and acted like it was, you know, 
watching a ball on New Year's Eve because that's <laughs> that's about what it was like. You know, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think you're 100 percent correct, and and you know. I love the European bloc countries and everything there. They they treat it like a Super Bowl, and uh, with the live fans and the gates, the turnouts, the enthusiasm, and and uh, it's it's great. And you know, here I just it doesn't mirror that uh, today as it as it could and should, and maybe one day will again. But uh, uh, I'm glad you corrected me with the pay-per-view numbers not coming out because you know i'd like to see those be be uh, near the mark that they were at least hitting for uh but the fight itself like like i said the, the real fight the only fight the most enthusiastic fight that i i, I could get up for right now is going to be the triple g versus canelo alvarez that's the fight i know we're going to talk a lot about that but uh, you know in comparison that's a real boxing match. That's a real championship fight. And that's another thing, Bill. This there was no belt on the line. There was no real, uh, you know, they want to say significant meaning aside for the fact that they were going to be able to give Mayweather his 50th victory, which, like I said, it, it's not significant when you look at the uh, lighter weight of a welterweight or, or junior middleweight or whatever he wanted to be fighting at in in retrospect to the the all-time greatest boxing record for a heavyweight champion which was rocky marciano retiring undefeated with 49 wins zero defeats with 43 ko's i mean that is something that no other heavyweight champion has ever done there's been many that came close but with mayweather again we got to keep in mind and i know you remind our fans that there are many other fighters that surpass 50 and 0 before ever tasting a defeat and they kept fighting until maybe 60, 70, and 80 wins before they tasted the first defeat. So, again, you know, Mayweather played this out. He fought a good fight. I'm never going to take that away from him. He did what he had to do. And it was uh, a farce to begin with in my mind. And uh, I, I think it was entertaining. It gave the fans across the board what they were hoping for. Mayweather's fans were happy and McGregor's fans were disappointed. But, you know, in their minds, he... He went out on his feet, and uh, he had a good showing and accountability of himself. So there you go. Everyone wins. Well, um, in in this case, you know, just discussing about the gate. Um, yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up again because again, you know, uh, Floyd uh, gets credit for, you know, uh, a successful marketing campaign, getting people to think that the 50th win was so significant for him. When really it 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 really it's for the heavyweight division, and the only guy that came close really was Larry Holmes. Uh, Larry, oh, Larry Holmes, forty eight. No, you know. So, but hey, uh, let's turn the page because uh, hopefully yes. we'll never ever ever see Floyd Mayweather in the ring again. And I hope he hey. focuses on his uh, promotional company and developing fighters because you know um, he's got a few young fighters that are worth watching. Uh, Bado Jack, I think, is his best fighter in his stable. Um, this weekend, Jaleon Love is fighting, and uh, I don't think much of him. Uh, and, and I do want to see Javante uh, uh, Davis one more time. I, I hope he learned a lesson uh, about discipline in the last fight, losing his belt uh, on the scale, uh, not looking so great until the stoppage of that fight. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, Floyd, if Floyd can focus like half as much uh, on his promotional uh, fighters, you know, the team, the uh, fight, fighters he has under his promotional contract, I should say. If he can focus and dedicate 
of the time that he was able to focus and, and dedicate to himself in terms of preparation and staying in shape and, and all the things that he did on a positive note, he, it, Mayweather Promotions is, is going to be uh, very successful. If they just go through the motions now and throw their name out there and be involved in co-promotion deals, we're not going to see them excel uh, like, uh, you know, hey, listen, let's face it, the top promotional companies now with the best fighters, you know, uh, top rank, golden boy, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, over in uh, match, you know, match, uh, match room sports uh, over in England. So, I mean, I, you know, I'd like to see Floyd do well as a promoter. I believe he will, and I'll tell you why. Floyd is a champion for a reason. He knows how to win. And I could say this, being a former professional fighter and, uh, you know, having the the fighter mentality in, in my heart, in my mind, and in my stomach still, we don't fail. We can't. We have to succeed at anything we apply ourselves. So we're still exercising our ability and our desire to be a champ, to be the best, to be whatever we are, the intense, walking that fire, walking that tightrope. It, it still remains in my heart. And I think Floyd, being the champion he is, and having the mindset of a winner, and he, let's face it, whether you like him or not, the guy's a winner. He, he does not fail. So unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, his competition is going to see uh, a lot of lot of force coming behind what he's doing because if he does not succeed at this promotional thing, what other kind of income is going to sustain a level of his lifestyle uh, other than him coming back and fighting a, another fight? And you know how many times are we going to pay to see that? Number one, number two, how many more fights does he have to sell uh, his fans and audience? Uh, that'll be worthy enough for them to pay the pay-per-view numbers that he's going to need to retire and have an income. But, you know, so hopefully he'll have a good formula for success. I think he will. He's got a winner's mentality and mindset and framework, and I think his promotional company should do very, very well. He knows the game. He knows the fighters. He's got a nice little stable right now, and I think uh, I think uh, this is the next stage and next step for Floyd, and I think he's going to do well, and I wish him much success. You know, the, the thing is is that – not all promotional companies make a ton of money. They really don't. No, they it's don't, not. They e don't. It's not hard. I mean, it's not easy to make money. It's not easy to make money as a promoter. And um, the first step is you got to have the the name recognized uh, fighters. And in order to get that, they have to be developed. And in order to develop a fighter, you have to put on and lose money on the smaller shows. And uh, it'll it'll be yet to be seen. If uh, if he does that and and, you know, if Floyd Mayweather, I, you know, I, we're going to stop talking about this guy uh, right <laughs> if, right when I take a break because I want to move on. But the thing is, is he's made so much money. Forget the IRS and, and all that stuff, but he's made so much money. If Floyd Mayweather can't maintain his lifestyle with with the money that he should have squirreled away then he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I, I can't see somebody, even with his lavish lifestyle, uh, pissing away almost. He's made close to a billion dollars in his, in his you know, whole career. I, you know, that doesn't mean he's got that uh, in a, in a uh, suitcase somewhere. But the truth of the matter is, is he's made a lot of money. And uh, I, you know, I can't see it, it, it being pissed away. And you, you say, oh, you know, what other things could he do? Well, I hope he doesn't turn to gambling uh, because, uh, you know, although he likes to post 
his winning tickets. We all know gamblers lose too. You know, Floyd hasn't won everything he bets on. Uh, he just yeah. likes to brag when he does win. I would love to see how many times he lost, but uh, that's a whole nother story. But uh, <laughs> anyway, hey, Sal, let's take a short break. When we come back, just what we need, just what boxing needs, another championship belt. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad to have you here with us today. And uh, uh, I'm uh, joined uh, with my uh, main partner in crime, Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, um, you know, just before we went to break, just what we need in the sport of boxing. Guess what? The WBC has created another belt, a special belt for the winner uh, of the uh, Triple G Canelo fight. Uh, it's a, a, a new uh, edition. They're referring to it as the second edition of the Aldolfo Lopez Mateos belt, uh, known as the uh, uh, Huchio belt, or however they pronounce it. It's going to be rewarded uh, to the Triple G uh, and Canelo fight, which is uh, taking place next weekend at the same arena uh, that the uh, uh, McGregor-Mayweather fight was held and you know i'm a little confused with this belt because first and foremost if you recall saul canelo alvarez said that he refuses to uh acknowledge and fight for the wbc he's mad that that, that he was stripped because he ducked uh triple g for for so long and triple g is actually classified as the current ibf wbc ibo and wba world uh, middleweight champions so i'm a little confused at why the wbc even put out this belt um you know we got a, a plethora of belts now it seems that when we have the fight that should happen anyway when you have the two best fighters in a division fighting each other now we get a special belt i mean i you know, and, and you you said so yourself. He said, oh, they weren't even fighting, referring to McGregor Mayweather. Oh, they weren't even fighting for a belt. I mean, that's what this sport has become. People feel that fights aren't even important unless there's a freaking belt on the line. Not only is there uh, that new one on the line, you know, but we got four others on, on the line for this. I mean, how many belts do you need? I don't know. I guess they got loose pants. I don't know, but... Uh... <laughs> Whoop de doo! I tell you what, it's a shame because, you know, like I said, it 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 dilutes the whole integrity of the concept of being a champion and having one belt. Uh, you know, n nothing else needs to be said. I I mean, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm su not surprised, but hey, you know, it's another way to collect revenue. They got to pay sanctioning fees. They got to pay additional uh, fees that's going to go along with this. So hey, it's raising money for the, the cause. Well, I think I, I don't think. I, you know, I don't know for, for a fact, no, I, but, yeah, but I, I doubt that I they're charging that, a sanctioning know. fee for that particular belt, but they are. No. The IBF, the IBO, WBC, and WBA all are getting sanctioning fees 
uh, on uh, on this fight. It is a uh, you know the only belt that that Triple G does not have uh, is the uh, WBO, which is uh, uh, currently owned by uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yes, another belt. Uh, my man uh, Maurice Suleiman said uh, the belt is 100% Mexican, and it's to honor the two dates that are celebrated annually in boxing, uh, which is uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and September 16th, which is uh, a Mexican Independence okay. Day, um, which uh, S- September 16th, the, the day of the fight. Uh, he says uh, it's a beautiful. This is uh, uh, this is uh, Suleiman talking. Uh, he said. Uh, uh, Mauricio Suleiman. I hope I didn't mistakenly say Jose. Uh, he said the belt is beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. It has the Mexican flag and the flag of Kazakhstan, uh, which is where uh, uh, Kazakhstan, or however you pronounce it. I'm I'm so terrible, and I apologize to all you Kazakhstanians. But uh, uh, you know, it has those flags on it. It has both fighters. Wow. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know. Uh, well, you know, hey, it's a nice belt. It's like it's a hey, you know what. Look at it this way. If it was an amateur fight, the, the trophy signifying the fight and the significance of the fight would be going to the winner. So this this is their trophy. It's going to be a belt. So there you go. And uh, that's it. It is a significant fight. And you know what? I can see what they're looking at with uh, the uh, – it, it should have been a trophy. That's what it should have been. It commemorating been. The, the, the dates of uh, the Mexican holidays and everything else. This could have been a large – but big trophy <laughs> it's just it's just like what i say you know that's what's happened to to, to the world it's a participation trophy now everybody now now not only are they fighting for world titles but they all get a trophy everybody wins you know i'm surprised it's they don't trophy. give i'm that's surprised exactly it yeah it should well, have been a trophy shaped like a trophy well, uh, you well, know I, I think they could have designed that with the love and intent of, of signifying what the meaning is behind it even more so than well, just the belt because the belt is a belt Bill's lost his value. What's now next? Nice what's next? Goal. Everybody gets one, whether you win or lose. Is that the next play or what? I don't know. They should have gotten an 18 karat gold plated nice trophy. <laughs> you know, that that would have been significant. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe 24 karat. You know, it, it's like anything else in, in in life. You know, supply and demand. You know, the more belts that we have, the less value they become. And you know, every fighter now, if you watch your fighters walk into the ring, you know, especially for a significant fight. They're all carrying a plethora of belts. Every belt they ever won, you know, uh, from, uh, you know, the, the what, did, what, did, uh, uh, what did my man Marlon Starling say? Uh, the, the, the mittens, the junior mittens uh, division, know. you know, from that point all the way up. Uh, uh, they're carrying belts, you know. It, I know it's a sign of accomplishment, but uh, it's, it's watered down, and that's an understatement, don't you think? <laughs> It is. It is much so. I'm laughing because I got a call the other night and uh, on my cell phone, and uh, <laughs> a guy on the other end said, "Hey, I, I want to order a pizza. I want to order a couple, and uh, I hope you could deliver them." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, we can. We can make sure." I, on my cell phone, so I figured it was rollover from the other phone, and and he said, "Sal, I'm just busting you. This is Marlon." <laughs> Really? That's cool. Yeah, That's he cool. called me. He called me. He was funny. He just wanted to call and thank us again. How a great weekend he had, and he and his wife. And, uh, and you know, I got a call from everybody. I got a call from May, Ray Mercer saying the same. Got a call from Bobby Chez saying the same. So, uh, you know, that was a great weekend. But uh, he cracked me up when you mentioned Marley because he called me. He called me off guard. I said, "How many pies would you like, sir?" 
Well, you didn't see his name pop up. I mean, come on, you got his name in your phone. Don't don't play. Don't play no, no, games. No, 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 no. Guess what? Guess what? No, I swear to God, his was the only name I didn't have on my phone. No. Oh, I, oh, I locked oh. it. In. Did not know. I saw a Connecticut phone number came up like that, but I, I didn't know it was Marlon till uh, till he told me. Good stuff. Good stuff. It was. Um, Nonito Donaire returns to the ring. Uh, a former world champion, a fan favorite. 37 wins, four losses, and uh, no draws. 24 of his wins coming by uh, knockout. He's taken on uh, only twice beaten Ruben Garcia Hernandez, who's 22-2-1 for nine knockouts. But guess what? The fight is for a belt. Can you believe it? You know, what makes me laugh, yeah, it's for the silver. Uh, This particular fight is for the WBC silver featherweight uh, title, which is their version of the interim belt. And, you know, it makes me wonder why fighters that have a name, a recognizable name, immediately, even after a long layoff, immediately get to fight for some kind of a title. I mean, it happened with Miguel Cotto a couple weeks ago. You know, he hadn't fought in uh, over a year, a year and a half, I think. And uh, next thing you know, he's the world champion now. You know, uh, they, they. You know, how does a sanctioning body let a fighter, who's who, especially fighters that are coming off a loss, uh, who have been inactive, immediately fight for a world title? Again, it, it, the dilution of world titles and, and the fact that everybody gets a belt, the value has to be lowered. I mean, the the value of a title belt is definitely lowered, but the but the marketing aspect. The, the way that the belt is portrayed as equating to quality and a champion and, and the best in the division is what sells to the ignorant fan and the ignorant uh, suits at the networks because they're the ones that require uh, all these belts. So we can blame fighters. We could blame sanctioning uh, bodies. We could blame managers and promoters. But guess what? The television networks are to blame, too, because you can't sell a fight to them unless there's a title on the line. And that's the truth, Sal. Wow. Well, there goes the, the, the finally the answer. What came first, the chicken or the egg? You just told me. Thank you very much. Hey, I want to also thank you because uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had our weekend, I, I appreciate you. You presented me with a title belt. I thank you so much. Is that it I, hanging uh, in the back there? No, that that's it right in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See that? There's nothing but it's the best a, for you, Sal. Nothing but it says the best. The, it's, it says the Billy C. Boxing Special Award Participation Belt. Trophy, I thank right? you very much. Hey, also on that Nonito Donaire card, <laughs> uh, just uh, to uh, finish uh, that thought, it's taking place September 3rd in Texas at the uh, Alamo Dome. Dome. Uh, Ringstar Sports, uh, uh, Richard Schaefer's uh, new promotional company, will be the promoter. And, um, you know, Keith Tapia uh, in the cruiserweight division, 17-1 and uh, 11 knockouts, is taking on Latif Coyote. Latif Coyote busted onto the scene and was a big name. And then he moved to heavyweight and uh, didn't fare so well. But 21-1 and one is Coyote's uh, name. He hasn't been uh, in the uh, uh, active uh, slate for a while. Uh, now, these are uh, uh, fights that are going to be on the undercard of Unier uh, Dortikos and uh, Dmitry uh, Kutuzov, which is a part of the uh, World Boxing Super Series. So uh, a nice card uh, finally uh, uh, signed, sealed, and delivered for uh, for that uh, date on the 23rd. I'm, I'm looking forward to all those fights, Sal. I, I really am. 
they're going to be a great fight. Uh, they're going to be a bunch of, of good fights that we have to look forward to. I'm telling you one thing I am happy with, Bill. We've been uh, fortunate enough. I think we've seen some good, significant fights this year. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've had some fill-in time. But uh, for the most part, we've had some great major fights and good competitive fights. So, uh, as I said, I'm very happy with 2017, how it's looking. And hopefully we'll be setting the t- plate and the table for a great year of boxing for 2018. 2017, great year uh, in the sport. There's no question about that. But, uh, hey, let's take a short break. When I come back, I got some emails to read. Also, the NFL football season officially starts tonight. I got my uh, prediction uh, for tonight's game. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And, you know, every time I watch that back brace commercial, my back hurts, man. It's like, it's like, man, that commercial, it, uh, it hurts my back just watching it. But uh, anyway, um, tonight the NFL kicks off. And uh, uh, we got uh, uh, the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, playing the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, right now, the the line on this game is uh, the Patriots laying nine points. Uh, as of this morning, minus nine against the Chiefs. Now, th- th- this opened up as a six-point game, and uh, the uh, the point spread has risen uh, to nine, uh, you know, in four days. I mean, the line, the official line uh, came out on Sunday, but... Um, so that's indicative of movement in Vegas where money is being put on the Patriots. And, you know, if you watch, uh, if you watch some of the, uh, uh, you know, preseason talk and, and, uh, you know, Anna's, you know, the experts analyzing the game and the teams and everything, everybody's like, Oh, could this be the year that the Patriots falter and, and are not the powerhouse that they've been for the last 47 years? Um, I, you know, they lost Edelman, you know, what are they going to do? You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, can they win? Can they not win? Uh, here, here's the thing. The new England Patriots would, and I'm a Jets fan, so I hate the Patriots. Um, but I don't hate them because I have anything against anybody personally. I hate them because they slap around the Jets uh, on a regular basis. And, um, you know, what makes them so good is the fact that Bill Belichick has incorporated a system. And when they draft players or pick up players, the player has to understand that they're piece of a system. And when, you know, if the system says to take three steps to the right and block your guy in front of him and the runner goes to your left, you're not supposed to go after the runner. You take those three steps to the right and do what the system says. Everybody that they get on that team follows that system. And the end result is success. Uh, When they have a player go down, they got many more to step up and fill that spot. They do that 
on purpose, something that is done better than any 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 other NFL team. With that said, do I think that the Patriots are going to win? Well, the Chiefs are no slouch team. The Chiefs have a solid team, uh, both sides of the ball, and their special teams are good. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just, this game, um, although I, I think the Patriots are going to win, I think that this game is going to be a lot closer than nine points. I think nine points are too much. So, my official prediction on this game for tonight to kick off the NFL season is play the Chiefs plus the nine. Take the Chiefs plus the nine. The Patriots will win this game, but I'm thinking they're going to win by a touchdown or less. Nine points is a lot uh, to be laying against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my official prediction. Uh, Sal, I know you don't really follow it too much, but do you have any thoughts on uh, the NFL opener? Well, I, I think it's going to be a great opening game. And, uh, I, Bill, I'll tell you what. I just uh, will say I, I couldn't have said any better. You, uh, you hit it. I think the Chiefs, with the point spread, will win as a bet. But I do see. I, I mean, let's let's face it. You you were hinting. Uh, you know, you got a bunch of thoroughbreds on this New England team. And uh, what I mean by that too, I mean Belichick was under Bill Parcells at the Giants when they were great in the yesteryear and everything else, and hopefully resurrecting a little bit to make some big impact this year. But you know, so you have a formula as you suggested that is tailored for success. And when you have one player that the game doesn't just ride on and you have several that could come up and rise to the occasion, that's, that's a gauntlet that you have to significantly disable before you get some some uh, some defeats under your belt. But uh, bottom line is they win. They know how to win. They know how to win games. And that's all this is. You take each game at a time, and that's the priority is to win that game. So they do it, and they set it, and they make it like a chess game. And Bill Belichick, he knows how to win chess at chess. He knows how to win at football. So that's what this game is going to be tonight. Just one one of those chess games in a, in a tournament that's known as the NFL season. So uh, good luck to everybody, and may everybody remain healthy and uh, and get out of the game and put on a good show. And I, I think though New England's going to going to win the game outright. Uh, tears are welting up in my eyes with all of all of your neutralism all of your neutralism you know i am telling you you should you should get into politics but uh, i'm a politician yeah. let, let me let uh, me say this four the, the, other, the, the other thing the other thing that bill belichick does is he's he he's a master at utilizing the nfl's own rules and i'll give you an example last year Last year, um, you had an option of, uh, you know, as a team to either take the ball on the 20 or, or to kick it, right? And, um, you know, you, they moved the, uh, the kickers up so that they would, you know, have a tendency to, to, to more or less kick the ball in the end zone to, to move it out to the 20, right? And um, what Bill Belichick did was when he would kick off, he would kind of pooch kick it. And land, uh, you know, have the ball land uh, in the field of play rather than bang it into the end zone to bring it out to the 20. And as a result, a lot of uh, the, the kickoffs resulted in the Patriots starting, you know, the, the, the team that's playing against the Patriots starting uh, deeper than the 20-yard line. 
And I thought that that was ingenious. You know, he, he beat the NFL at their own stupid game, you know, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, because the NFL has been talking about doing away with the kickoffs. Uh, because they too many injuries and everything else happened. Get out so of here. yeah, they want to do away with the kickoff. You know what? Here we go again. Well, well, you know, boxing—they're thinking about doing away. There's actually a league now uh, that you're not allowed to hit in the head. Yeah, you, know, oh, so, wow. you know, which is you know, and and pretty soon boxing might even you might not even be allowed to punch. I, I think you just no. dance and stuff, you know. But uh, you know what? I think you know what? Here's what boxing is going to come to. You're going to have those like little sensors. Uh, uh, glued, almost like when you get an EKG or EEG, you know, little pads are going to be glued on significant targets that's not going to be life-threatening or whatever it is. And you got to hit those little targets. That's what it's going to be. You're going to have sensors on your gloves. You're going to have sensors with, oh, with, with 24-ounce gloves, pillows. And uh, you watch. That's what's going to happen one day. 24-ounce gloves and uh, headgear and little sensors. You're only going to hit that. Well, listen, uh, that's how they, they need to change the punch stats. they got to have and I've said this, I, 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 you know, I came, I told you that my idea is they need to invent, invent some kind of a, a waterproof uh, lotion uh, or substance that, you know, won't sting or get in your eyes or anything like that and put it on uh, the fighters' bodies uh, and uh, have some kind of built-in transmitter. That's as, a, that's as a receiver. And then the transmitter in the glove. So then when, when they make impact... Uh, then we can actually score fights and and have punch stats as a you know as a true statistic, because punch stats right now are subjective. Uh, you know, you and right. I uh, can watch the same. You know, we can have four people and we all watch the same punch from different angles and have four different opinions on whether that punch landed flush or whether it scored, whether it didn't score, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's the main problem I have with what we call punch stats today. It's not real statistics, you no, know. And not. and you know some of the broadcasters and uh, commentators discuss it specifically uh Jim Lampley discuss it like <laughs> yes. it's fact. You know, he's talking about who won the round based on the punch stats that two other guys that are watching the same fight are scoring, you know. So anyway, I got some emails here. Uh let's start off with uh, the one from Jesse. He says, "Hey Billy C and Sal, I meant to say that Roman Gonzalez versus, and, and I'm sick of murdering this guy's name, so I'm just going to call him <laughs> Rung. Uh, Roman Gonzalez against Rung uh, will be the same result. It'll be tough to call the fight, but Rung will knock down Roman twice, but Roman will make it close, but eventually Rung will win. Winner, uh, then that winner will fight the Kudras Estrada winner, and the Inue and the Aves winner fights the winner of Valoria and Cartagena. Uh, even though Cartagena does not even deserve this fight, since he hasn't, uh, since he doesn't have the resume. Um, interesting to think that Chocolito uh, is going to uh, lose the rematch. Uh, I wonder if him moving up in weight and finally fighting the bigger guy, if that was part of the problem. Uh, a lot of people haven't mentioned that, Sal, but, uh, no. you know, and I, I know those weight classes are, are you know, uh, separated only by a few pounds. But remember, he's moved up three and, uh, you know, maybe that was the difference. I mean, he did get busted up in the last fight and his style uh, is, uh, you know, an action packed style. And maybe Jesse's onto something. Maybe we're going to see the exact same thing. What do you think? 
Well, I think it's very possible. And, you know, I, I, case in point, you know, I think Pacquiao moved up maybe two weight classes above what he should have been, uh, you know, fighting uh, consistently at. I don't know. I, and I think he's fighting over his head with the current or last weight class he fought at. But, uh, you know, it's not for me to judge or tell a fighter where to fight. But, uh, you know, these weight class moves, uh, even though they're only five or six pounds in between, you know, three or f- three three should be uh, the max that a, a fighter, 15 pounds worth uh, over a career, is not unreasonable. But uh, if it's put on correctly, or hydration or whatever else comes into play, you know, I think uh, I think I think three is pushing it, uh, pushing that envelope. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, some of those lower lower weight classes, I could go into Sal's neighborhood pizzeria and have a healthy meal and uh, go change my weight class, uh, you know, before I get up from the table. But uh, <laughs> anyway, his uh, second comment was, he says, "Here's my picks for this weekend." He says uh, he feels Rung is going to win a split decision. Over Chocolito in a close fight. Kudras wins a majority decision over Estrada in an action-packed fight. He says in Inouye uh, knocks out Nieves uh, in seven. And Brian Valoria uh, takes care of Miguel via a 10th-round TKO. Uh, Kanat Islam over Cook in a unanimous decision. And Yusik knocks out Captain Huck in 10. Wow. Uh, that's an interesting fight uh, to kick off the World Boxing Super Series. And he says Benavidez knocks out Graville in eight. And he says Han will upset uh, Jay Leon Love in a unanimous decision. Um, you know, I really hope so. Because I think G- Jay Leon Love is uh, 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 an extremely overrated fighter. And the one thing I-, I do think about Abby Han is that he works hard. I don't think he's got the skill set, but he works hard. And I would like to see that upset. Benavidez is uh, a-, a young fighter who uh, many think uh, uh, is the real deal. He's in kind of tough with Graville. Uh, so uh, I like the fights we're going to be seeing this weekend. Uh, there's going to be a, a bunch of good ones. He says, uh, Billy, what's your thoughts on uh, Nordine Obuliai? Uh, would you match, who would you match him up with next? He says, I was thinking about uh, Stuart Hall, Haskins, Zanat, uh, Potapev, at Beko, uh, but there are so many fighters out there for him. Um King Kong and Beko. I'd love to see him fight again. I loved uh, King Kong and Beko, uh, if uh, that's who you're referring to. Um, but, uh, you know, any of those fights. I mean, Stuart Hall is, is a good one. Uh, Haskins. Um, you, know, I, you know, I just think, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, uh, Sal. I, I just think that, that fighters need to be more active. And, and then if they were more active, th- their names would get out there more and they would be more you know, known to fans, and and that would help not only their own careers, but the sport itself. I think that by fighters fighting only a couple of times a year has really hurt the sport. I always refer to boxing in in yesteryear as being a trade, and today it's like a side job. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, I always go back to the drawing board, you know. Uh, Boxing today is different. And it's perceived differently by the fans in the United States. And what I mean by that is, you know, during what I consider one of the great last years of the 70s and 80s of fighting, uh, and I was very, very fortunate enough to be part of that, uh, you had a lot of domestic world champions or you had a lot of uh, 
name known recognized champions uh whether they were from the uh, uh countries south or countries in europe and and, and you know uh, but as we know now and this these are the stats i'd like to see even though we may have less uh matches or less less fights domestically i'd like to see worldwide how it's viewed because i'm telling you bill part of it it is the fact that we have so many of these belts and there are so many other champions outside of the United States that it's hard for a, a good fan or a casual fan in the United States to keep track of who's who with all these belts and all these other fighters from other different countries that that have just uh, taken off with boxing and have taken those championship belts away from the United States because of uh, the inactivity or, or, or just the... Uh, the uh, the lack of uh, desire for for all the fighters to uh, to rise to the occasion, do what they got to do to bring it back. I don't know. It's it's a different game today, it, and it's on a world stage, and it's not as much as it was uh, just the the domestic. Uh, you know, you had North America, a little bit of Canada, uh, South America, and, and European bloc countries. That's that's how it used to be perceived. Now you got the whole world, and and that's who's participating in the sport of boxing. So I think on a world stage, boxing has been a popular sport and and has not dissipated with its fan base worldwide but domestically yes i, I see that we have de definitely taken a turn well that's because we've I become just had on that. we've become weak uh we've become weak, you know this yeah. country has become weak the the people in this country are weak you know the fact that that we give everybody a participation trophy the fact that everybody tries not to offend anybody i mean I, you know it's a joke. It's a joke. You know, uh, you got the nutcase in, in North Korea uh, launching <laughs> H-bombs and, and uh, you know, his main goal in life is to is to launch one and hit the U.S. And uh, we don't do anything Never about happened. it because it, it is going to happen. You know, people that think that it's not going to happen are stupid, Sal. And, no, no, and, no. It will never land in the United States. It'll be taken down before it ever did, and I, they'll be squashed. I don't know. You know, we haven't spent any money on on uh, on our defense in, in quite a while. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, listen, uh, I, I'm telling you that, and this is totally off topic, but I'm telling you yes, that it, it has reached such a point now that, you know, and, and all the do-gooders, all the, you know, political correctness – we are, in a sense, waiting for them to strike us and kill Americans before we retaliate. Because if we drop the first bomb or if we do the first move, everyone's going to blame us. Exactly. You know, everyone's so, going to blame so, us. So we got to take the first hit, which is bullshit. You know, I mean, wow. why should anyone, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, I feel bad for all the North Koreans because they are blocked from even knowing what's going on in the rest of the world. And they are being, uh, the picture's being painted right. that, you know, uh, they're the victims, you know. And the rest of us all see that this guy is just a total nutcase, you know. Oh, he, and, he, he is a total nutcase. And I you mean, know what, unfortunately. We got a nutcase uh, too. But, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, at least uh, uh, Donald isn't, uh, you know, trying his bestest to, to bomb somebody. I mean, uh, he's got a good chance now. He should uh, press the button and uh, uh, do something <laughs> easy, with North Korea. Easy. Tell you what, we've become counterpunchers, and that's what the United States is today, counterpunchers. And we do counterpunch to win. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I don't like that stance totally. I think uh, I think it does say a lot. 
But uh, I think we are still the strongest country in, in the world. And uh, I think we still have the kind of administration in today that will effectively counterpunch. I just don't like the idea that we could receive the first blow. We're gonna, and I don't like that. We're gonna, we did that we, from terrorists on 9-11, which is coming up, thank God. We can celebrate and reflect on that and, 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 and remember uh, what the tragedy was uh, that's going to occur just in a couple of days. Well, you know, the, 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 the sad truth, Sal, is that, you know, we were forced— to take that first hit, and that's uh, you know, force. that's the that's the political correctness. We can't be the big bullies of the world, and and uh, do what we got to do to to keep everybody in check anymore. So we got to take a shot and be a counterpuncher. That's it. But well, if we counterpunch, I, we got to counterpunch to win. That's over. You that's know, I I, I I truly believe that the majority of the people on this planet want peace. Uh, and when you yeah. have, and when you have, um, a couple of bad apples, uh, rather than ignore them. And rather than uh, pretend it's not going to happen, um, you got to take it out. You know, it's the same thing with ISIS, uh, you know, uh, this North Korean, any, anybody. I mean, you know, whether people believe in different forms of government or not, hey, more power to them. I, I'm not suggesting that we have to force our way of life on anybody else. No. But as soon sure. as that they uh, they cross that line where you're endangering you know, masses, not not just your own people. And and quite frankly, you know, other countries shouldn't endanger their own people anyway. They shouldn't, you know, make their own people prisoners. But whatever. No. Uh, we better stop this conversation we now. Better one, stop, we, one can last, down, we can go down that slippery slope. One, 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 dash, uh, one last comment from Jesse says, Hey, Billy, uh, Neary tested positive for steroids. Should he be stripped of his title? Well, yeah. Because, you know, in my opinion, steroids, and, and I'm, I'm one of these guys that are 50-50. You know, maybe they should just say, you know what, everybody, screw it. Use whatever the hell you want. You know, I, I mean, um, but to suggest that, you know, somebody cheat. Now, whether you're cheating with steroids, whether you're cheating with cement in your gloves, whether you're cheating in any form, in, in other sports, you know, deflated footballs, uh, corks in your bat, whatever, whatever you're doing to cheat is not fair. You know, the, the whole idea of competitiveness is to have an even playing field so the best person rises to the top or the best team rises to the top. Whenever you cheat, whatever form of cheating it is, you're a cheat. And uh, if the guy used steroids to win his title, then he should be stripped. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, what does it do to the competitor, to that individual, uh, knowing that they didn't do it fair and square? And then they become, uh, uh, I, I guess you could say, addictive. Do they enter next field of battle, whether it's football, baseball, or boxing? And they say, well, I got to sustain this. I got to keep this in my regiment because I won last time. And, I mean, or do they go cold turkey? It's, oh, boy, I don't have my little placebo or boost of confidence or going in my favor anymore so i mean once you bite that bullet and you go down that slippery slope your career might as well have uh, gone downwards on a slippery slope did i repeat that yeah hey we got another email uh thanks for the email jesse this email is from mitch he says hey billy c i got a serious question for you if sal got the call would he take the fight and he's referring to Mickey Rourke, who's 64 years old and wants to fight again. And he's, he's uh, saying that Golden Boy is going to promote the fight. No comments from Golden Boy. His I'll last go. fight, fight was two I'll years fight. ago in Russia, and he won by knockout. 
and, uh, you know, there was a lot of rumor that the fight was fixed. And as soon as that fight happened, Sal called me. I will speak before Sal even answers. He called me and says, I want that fight. Make that fight. I want to fight I Mickey Rourke. I want that Rogue. fight. You know, so uh, the answer to your question, uh, uh, Mitch, I'll let Sal answer it. But my answer for Sal first is, of course, he would take the fight. Would we let him? Probably not. But then again, against Mickey Rourke, 64-year-old, I think uh, that would be an even fight. Sal, would you take the fight? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. And I called Don Turner see if he wants to get back in the ring with me. <laughs> or somebody. Yeah, definitely. I would take that fight. I would take that fight tomorrow. I would take that fight today. Send the contracts. Hey, listen, uh, anybody I, that... Any, any, pay, I, I'm excited. Could it be possible? Any, Can we do it? I, anybody, would it? I would love it, Bill. I can't believe it. Let's promote that. Let's yeah, get anybody, that on Anybody way. that's listening that, that has Bill. any uh, connection to uh, uh, Mickey Rourke, uh, give me a call, and we'll make uh, we'll make the fight happen. Sal's ready. Sal's ready. He'll take the fight, Mickey. You know, so uh, as long as you don't uh, go in the ring as Marv from Sin City... Uh, Sal's got a chance. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I got another email and some other stuff. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us and uh, also with us now. Uh, we took his muzzle off. His uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. You ready? You ready for Mickey Rourke? I'm ready. I got my training shirt on. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to go in that ring. Well, let me at him. Let I, me at him. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. Let me uh, he, We're around this. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, hey. hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Knock it off. Jeff. You know. Um, but uh, really, I can see the team right now. We're gonna form our dream team training regiment. Well, all I could say is, if any anybody involved with uh, Mickey Rourke, if you're serious and you do want to fight, uh, I got a guy that's close to your age, ready to fight, and his name is Sal Rocky Senecola. But we got one more email, Rock. Uh, this one is uh, from a man, Joel. He says, "Hey Billy C, I have a non-boxing question for you and Sal today. I'm sure you heard yesterday about the FBI arresting Craig Carlton." of the Boomer and Carlton show, which I know is incredibly popular on AM radio. It's on the fan out of New York City. He says, uh, it's also on TV to the Yes Network. He says, uh, it completely surprised me that this would happen considering how well the show was doing uh, and the money that both men make. It goes to show you no matter how much money you make, you can never be happy until you have more. The story hits home to me because Carlton was born in New Rochelle which is uh, not far from me. It's uh, New Rochelle. New Rochelle is in uh, uh, Westchester County. Uh, he says in New York. He says, uh, uh, "What do you think of Carton as a sports radio guy? What were your and Sal's thoughts when you first heard this? Will Boomer be able to keep the ratings up uh, alone, or if they decide to find someone else to replace Carton? Uh, it seemed like they had good on-air chemistry uh, together, like you and Sal do. Disappointing that he cheated people out of so much money to pay off his personal gambling debts." Uh, which allegedly 
he was in the hole for over three million. Uh, he says, I also hope Sal and his family are safe and well with the hurricane co- approaching, uh, heading south. I, I hope it doesn't uh, go anywhere near Sal. Uh, and that's from Joel. Uh, Thank you. Know, Thank you so much. Uh, and and we all hope uh, Sal uh, uh, is ready uh, in the uh, underground shelter he has. But, uh, uh, and, and by the way, they say it is going to hit uh, Miami uh, but uh, it's not as uh, bad uh, as they anticipated for the Puerto Rico. But some of the small islands uh, on the Caribbean have been hit very, very hard. So uh, uh, I hope everyone uh, uh, comes out of that okay. Our best wishes, um, yes. As far as the uh, Carton and Boomer show, um, I, you know, I, I was a little surprised. And, and, and uh, Craig Carlton has been um battle in many vices uh he had a drug and alcohol problem for a while that he that he uh, uh overcame and the gambling one to be honest with you caught me uh off guard i really didn't know that he was a big time gambler um you know I, I don't like when people call gambling and alcohol a disease because it's it's something that you can control um, yes, in terms of alcoholism, once you become an alcoholic, uh, you know, just like a drug addict, um, you, you know, it takes over and, you know, could be looked upon as a disease. But a disease like, you know, cancer or MS or something like that is something that you don't have anything to, to prevent it by. You know, uh, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction and gambling addiction can all be prevented by by not doing it um i know it sounds easier said than done but to to suggest that a disease caused you to rob somebody for your drug or alcohol habit or to rob somebody to pay off your gambling debt is hard for me to swallow and um i I, as much as i like uh carlin boomer uh and i do agree with uh uh, Joel about the the uh, chemistry that these two guys had and they had a very entertaining show you know that doesn't give him a pass and you know I, I, I in a way you feel bad for him because of the success for the show but what about all the people he he literally stole money from to pay off his own gambling debt I, you know I think uh, he got what he deserved I hate to sound like a prick on this but but I, I do and for any powers that be from the fan, if you're looking for a guy to hang out and do the show with Boomer, I'm available. I think that uh, my, uh, uh, you know, uh, style would work good with the Boom, you know. But uh, I don't know, Sal. You know, I, I mean, yes, it's unfortunate in all seriousness. I like the show, and I like both uh, Carlton and Boomer. But to steal from people to, to do that, I, 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 there's no justification in my mind. What's your thoughts? No, it, it, it's not. It's not on the up. It's not right. And, uh, you know, you don't steal. You don't do what you got. You know, you don't have to do that. And, and uh, no, I, I agree with you, Bill. It's, uh, it's a bad thing. Bad thing. And yeah. when you see bad things, you avoid them. So that's it. It just takes the flipping of the switch. Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, is, uh, you know, I, I think I guess what I read is that he did like some kind of Ponzi scheme or whatever, uh, and uh, and rip people off and and you know when you're an, a known person, you know and, and I guess he you know you you got to give him credit. I mean he he did have celebrity status uh, at least in New York. Um, you know people are more trusting of 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 individuals that have that status, and it's even worse in a sense, you know, because uh, 
you know, you're, you're, you're preying on people that are trusting you and you're, you know, you're justifying it because a gambler will say, and I, and I, and I gamble, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, I don't have a problem with it, but, but I do gamble, but yeah, you want to bet. But you know, the, the thing is, the thing is, is that a gambler that's in, in, in the red, um, will justify doing whatever they got to do in order to, to, to get even. And then in the back of his mind, I'm sure he was thinking, well, you know, I'll give them their money back or, or I'll make them money or whatever. But a gambler, I mean, you know, the bookies wouldn't still be in business. Vegas wouldn't be as successful as it is if people uh, beat the system. You know, I, I earlier I mentioned uh, Mayweather. You know, Mayweather brags about when he wins a bet. He puts on social media the winning tickets, et cetera, et cetera. I would just like to know how many losing tickets he has because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care how good you are, you're going to end up losing. Bookies don't lose. I mean, I, they might have a bad week. They might have a bad month. They might have a bad season. But in the long run, the bookies don't lose. What do you think? Nor do casinos. Well, it's, you know, that's my point. You know, I mean, casinos wouldn't be in business if, if, you, could, if you had – I once knew no, a guy. Let's let's open up a casino, hey, Bill. Listen, let's. Uh, I once let's knew call a guy. The boxers Almighty, and uh, we'll see how long we stay in business. We let everybody win. Listen to this. I once knew a guy that swore to me that he had a system in roulette, and that he could win money playing roulette, and that he wins money. You know, and and as a matter of fact, he went into a casino and he applied a system, and then when he came back. He told me that his system worked, that he won some money. And I asked his girlfriend, did he win money? And his girlfriend said, yeah, he won money. And then I find out that he lost 10 times as much money that he won, but he wanted to make sure that he told me that he won some money and didn't tell me about losing any money. You don't you don't know who that person is, do you, Sal? It wasn't me. I yeah. mean, we lost the money on, on the slot machine. I, I kept winning the money on a roulette, but I gave it to... To Kayla on a slot machine that was in Chicago a couple of years ago. No, my roulette system worked. One, I'll tell you, it's here. Here's this. And I was just talking about it yesterday, and uh, and we uh, we went away last weekend to to a cruise line, and uh, we had we had a we had a good time uh, until we got called back. Uh, but uh, the uh, the system that I have, I, here's the one thing that I do know. Here's one it's thing I know. There is no system it, that works in there roulette. Is, there is no system that does work. And even with the roulette wheel, the one thing you'll learn is that the wheel does not have a memory. It doesn't know where it landed the last time. You could play the odds. You could play uh, what the, you think is going to work, especially the way I do it on a progressive system of betting. And uh, it, fortunately enough, I, it does work. I'm very disciplined. In fact, if I bring enough of a bank to cover five turns or whatever, if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose, and I walk away. And that's that's it. Or I, I take the winnings and I hand it over to my girlfriend, and she can um, use the slots machines. And you know, she was she would she doubled her money. Uh, we did the same thing the other night, and uh, she doubled her money uh, on a slot machine. So we, but we all won. I won money at roulette. I gave her the money to go play slots, and she won the money. So, uh, so we came out. We came off the boat winners. Listen, boys and girls, do not this time. This do time, not listen to Sal Rocky Senecola. There is no such thing as a system in roulette. 
I don't care. And and I'll tell you another thing. There is definitely not a system in the slots. You know, yes, you can get lucky and win in both games. Um, and I've seen, I, I will admit this. I will admit this. One time I was in Vegas, and this is no joke, Sal. One time I was in Vegas, and there was this, uh, I, I think he was Chinese, but uh, let me just say he was an Oriental guy, and he had a pad with him. And I actually looked over at the pad, but he was writing in, in Chinese. Uh, I, you know, I didn't understand what the what all the, the, the things meant. But he sat at that wheel, and I happened to have been playing roulette. I was killing time because I'm a craps player. I like playing craps. But uh, uh, I, uh, I'm watching this guy, and he watches the wheel, a couple of rolls, and all of a sudden he would slide a, a bunch of chips on a number, not boxing a number, right on the number. And don't you know that the friggin' number would come up. And, I, you know, I sat there for a while watching this guy do this, and he was winning a ton of money. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell is he doing? I mean, what kind of, math, uh, you know, ag- other, uh, what do they call it, uh, algorithms or math that he's applying, you know, law of averages or whatever, uh, that is netting him this money. Eventually, they asked him to leave. And, I, you know... That was the only time I ever saw somebody really appear to be beating the system at roulette. And that's a true story. It happened at Caesars Palace in, uh, in Las Vegas uh, probably 15 years ago. Um, but aside from that, you know, uh, I think uh, you got to have uh, energy around you and be a little lucky when it comes to the casino games, brother. Well, I think you're right. You know, as much as I like to say, my system is not foolproof. But uh, you know what? I could write a book on it. I definitely could write a book and uh, explain my whole strategy as well as uh, doing it with blackjack and doing it with uh, roulette and doing it with a few other wheel uh, games. Even even uh, even um, we'll look at some of the slot machines that, that you can you can maximize the odds in your favor my 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 uh my advice to you is stick to uh pizza you're right i will take that advice thank you very much (laughs) hey we got a big fight this weekend we got uh some big fights and we'll talk about them tomorrow but uh, like sal had uh mentioned earlier uh in the show the fight that we all have been clamoring for and um, you know really wanting to see is going to happen next weekend. And of course, I'm talking about Triple G against Canelo. Uh, it is a, a, a an extremely meaningful fight. Uh, the winner of this fight will be labeled as the best middleweight in the world today, um, hands down. And when we look at these guys, and as you know, next week comes, we'll, we'll be focusing on. Uh, breaking down these fights and and these fighters and everything else, but I, I have some stats to uh, to throw at you uh, to, uh, to 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 start to digest about the two fighters. Interesting um, stats that have nothing to do with uh, uh, the styles and and you know which version of the fighter we're gonna see and what they gotta do to win and all that stuff, which we'll be getting into uh, in detail uh, next week. Um, but some interesting things about this matchup, Sal, that, you know, really doesn't jump out at you until you start researching it closely. Like, for example, um, we all know that Triple G is older than Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Triple G is 35 and Canelo is 27. So he's eight years older. Um, but did you know that Triple G has fought 
12 less fights than Saul Canelo Alvarez. And that equals uh, 181 less rounds than Saul Canelo Alvarez. Canelo has fought 181 more rounds of boxing than Triple G. My question to you is the that's a that's a substantial that's significant yeah that's sub, that's significant <laughs> that is that and and my, my there's a lot of to, shots and abuse and abuse okay now now it. my point is if you'd shut up for a minute sal you know my I, point you know, is 100 181 rounds right does that equal the age difference in your opinion does that does that equal the eight year um eight years younger that canelo is uh, over Triple G, uh, th- that he's has more mileage on him, that he's been, you know, uh, fighting for 181 more rounds, almost 600 minutes more uh, of action. Is uh, does that take his toll? I mean, uh, you know, it's easy to assume that Triple G has more mileage on him because he's 35. What's your thoughts on that? Thank you. I had to unzip my lip. Uh, I, I think. I think that's a heck of a stat, Bill, and uh, because you know we're talking about what the body can endure over a career, and uh, you know that is significantly a lot, a lot of rounds, uh, and, and you know that's uh, that's uh, how many fights could that equate to? If you go ten rounds fights, that's going to be like 19, 19 fights. And well, he, uh, well he's you got know, twelve. A, he's got twelve more fights. Right, he's got twelve more fights. But if you look at uh, breaking it up, divided by ten rounds or twelve rounds, yeah, you 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 got it. But uh, you know, and the body could take its toll. I mean, uh, being in the ring uh, now, Canelo Alvarez hasn't abused himself uh, physically with outside curricular activity, and uh, he seems to live a, a good, clean life. And he's got youth and recuperative skills uh, uh, being on his side. But the wait, 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 wait! Time he- out! Time out! I made a mistake. He's got 14 oh. more fights. See, I did the math. Yeah, thank you, you very much. You, no, thanks for okay, correcting so, me. Go ahead, finish. Your I, well, thank you very much. So I, I think that uh, I think that that can equate to mileage on the human body, and uh, I I don't know if it would make them equal in age. If you say, you know, I mean, how many years in a cat or a dog? But I mean, I get the gist, and I think it is significant because, like I said. I think uh, I think Triple G may have two or three great wars left in his body, uh, and Canelo Alvarez. When you tell me this, you know he, even though he's young, you know we'll see. It only takes one serious fight to uh, to have a fighter leave that ring and never be the same. And uh, you know this fight is going to be of the magnitude I think is going to live up to its its uh, anticipation. And I think these guys are going to go at it, and it's going to be a war. And it's going to be a grueling, grueling six to eight rounds, uh, no matter what happens and who's going to be in the lead. I think it's going to be six good rounds of, of uh, ebb and flow, and I think it's going to be after that sixth round we're going to see one of these combatants uh, have some momentum shift on their side and ultimately come out the victor with, I, I think, a stoppage before that 12th round is over. Um, what about the the fact that, uh, believe it or not, Canelo Alvarez turned pro a year earlier? 
than uh, than Triple G. Canelo turned pro in October of 2005, and uh, in May of 2006 was uh, Triple G's first fight. Uh, is there any significance with that, or because uh, even even that one year, a little less than a year, um, doesn't really equate to as many rounds that uh, that Saul Canelo Alvarez has uh, had uh, compared to Triple G. No, and, and you know, I think one thing that would come into play, I, I'd like to see what their amateur stats were as far as, you know, how many fights. I know in, in Mexico and in, in some of the South American countries, you know, these guys turn pro at a very young age, and they're, they're used to fighting on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, there's a pro and con to that. I mean, your body is always in good shape because you have to fight every couple of weeks or every couple of months. And you're not abusing your body of, of, of layoffs and everything else. You're keeping that uh, fine-tuned machine ready to go. Uh, so that does not take the wear and tear of a guy who takes off three, four, six months, uh, letting their body remain idle or heavy and then bringing it back down. Uh, so there are trade-offs here, Bill. And, uh, you know, I, I also know that these both these fighters and the countries they come from, they are fed a good steady diet of amateur fights. So, you know, I, I'd like to see a little bit more about their amateur records and what they did. And uh, because that does take a toll on it, too, you know, and, and all the sparring. I mean, like I said, when my generation, we sparred to get in fine-tuned shape, and we would spar 25, 35, sometimes 40 rounds a week against somebody that, you know, we we. I'm not saying we went all out like a fight, but we did not hold back. We went out to 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 do a good job and well, not get hit and to to make sure we hit. Well, I mean, the so truth, yeah. The the truth of the matter is, is that um, Triple G had an extensive amateur career. Yes, he did. And um, you make a good point, but they also have headgear on, and um, you wonder about um, you know what kind of mileage and stuff. And and uh, quite honestly. Back in the day, prior to you, um, the fighters fought more frequently and sparred less. Today's boxing is the reverse. They spar a hell of a lot more than they do with, uh, you know, real active fights. And and I wonder, because you know what they say, Sal, and you've been involved with them yourself, but the gym wars are, are better a lot of times than the fights itself. I had, I had gym wars where we got standing ovations. And, and let me tell you something. I've been in a million gym wars, and uh, I, you know, I, it, it, that's what I'm saying. I would say to myself, "Damn, this this, this should be a main event fight." I mean, we, <laughs> the ebb and flow, and everything else. I mean, it, it was it was a war, you know, and uh, I, I loved it, and and I had to had the opportunity to be in in the ring doing that with many world class fighters that were champions. You know, another interesting stat that jumps out at me is when you look at these uh, um, resumes of, of both of these fighters, uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, uh, you know, you could make a, a, a real strong case that he's faced the better opposition. And in my opinion, he has uh, fought uh, 11 uh, top-notch fighters, you know, uh, you know, arguably A-level fighters, and, and he's got a record of 10-1 and one against those fighters. Um, you know, uh, Triple G, on the other hand, has fought nine uh, fighters, uh, which I call uh, top opposition, and he's got a, uh, a record of uh, nine uh, and uh, oh against them. Uh, what kind of uh, significance does that uh, make, in your opinion, uh, with, uh, uh, with these kinds of fighters? 
um, you know, when you're looking at the, the amount of mileage uh, that uh, could be, uh, you know, considered on these guys? Well, I think these guys are at the stage of their career where they know, uh, uh, Triple G does at least, that he's in the twilight. He's, he is definitely in the last quarter uh, or definitely the last third of his career. And uh, Canelo could probably say he's over the halfway mark. And uh, at this point, I think they're going to approach any fight, especially this fight of significance. Like I always say, if I get that fight with the with the with the with the actor, actor, you know, I'm going to approach it with the enthusiasm of my first fight and the uh, with the glory and, and anticipation. This could be my last fight, and that's the ferocity, the intensity, the passion that you have to look at it. And these guys come from the kind of countries where they have pride. They have a, they have a level of hey, I can't lose. I am a pit bull. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to win, or they're going to carry me out. I mean, that's the mindset. That's the mentality, and that goes a long way in a heart and mind of a champion. That's why these two combatants are champions. They do not see, in fact, I'll tell you what, if this was the Canelo Alvarez today, going in to see the Mayweather of yesterday, I think Mayweather would be finding himself on a canvas. Because Canelo Alvarez has improved significantly, but what I think he has done also is is has allowed that, that, uh, that passion, that heart, that not lose mentality, uh, and uh, doing it not only for country pride and self, but uh, all above in his world uh, on the line that he, he fights for a lot of reasons. And uh, his, his uh, goal is to win a fight. And I think that uh, that carries him uh, a lot further than a lot of the op- opponents that he's faced, obviously. And uh, same thing with, with Triple J. I mean, he's got a lot of pride, a lot of passion, and a lot of heart. And these guys, that's what I'm going to say. Bill, this is, this is I, I, can't, I can't tell you how excited that, that I am, that these guys are going to finally get in the ring. And I still, well, I won't even go with Mayweather being ringside. But he's he not, probably uh, forget Mayweather. Mayweather. Mayweather is done. He's finished. Uh, okay, uh, I know. We don't, we don't, he's not going to he, get in the ring. He, he's he not doesn't, he's not man. Fight, he's, listen, and he's not going to. First of all, he's 40 years old. But second of all, he's not man enough to, to no. fight the winner of this fight. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to prove anything. But either fighter could beat Mayweather right now. We all said that the top the welterweights in the world, Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, yeah. even Sean Porter, Kell Brook, yeah. those, all those guys would beat uh, Floyd right now. And Floyd knows it. Um, but interesting fact that you make, uh, you know, Saul Canelo Alvarez fought Mayweather four years ago. Um, it was a good time for Mayweather to fight him. His skill set was already starting to diminish, but Saul Canelo Alvarez was not the same fighter he is today. He has clearly gotten better, and I think a lot of that has to be given, a lot of credit for that has to be given to Floyd because that fight in uh, with Floyd Mayweather four years ago has made uh, Canelo Alvarez a better fighter. However, his one weakness that we've talked about many, many times is going to be the reason why Triple G... Uh, uh, is hopefully, well, uh, you know, not hopefully, but uh, why I think he, he might do okay. One other thing I wanted to mention about this fight, uh, interesting stats that we're talking about. Uh, Triple G is an inch and a half taller, but his arm reach is an inch and a half less. And when you see the two guys standing next to each other, Sal, Canelo looks like the bigger guy. I mean, yeah, Triple G might be an inch and a half taller when they, uh, you know, put the measuring tape on, but Canelo is the bigger 
mass guy. And come fight night, when we watch this fight, you're going to see it in the ring. And all these naysayers, all the, all the Mayweather fans that were saying, oh, Floyd is so small, he's a little guy, Triple G is so big, he's got to move up and fight Kovalev or Ward at light heavyweight. That's not true. When you see him fight and you see him next to uh, Canelo, you're going to see that Canelo is going to look like the bigger guy. I will place a bet right now, and I will bet that come fight night, fight time, that Canelo Alvarez will be heavier than Triple G. I don't think it's going to come into play, uh, but I uh, the outcome. But I do believe in my heart of hearts that Canelo Alvarez will be heavier, scale wise, uh, than Triple G will come the night of the fight. Well, let me let me give uh, um, you know Craig Carlton a call and see if he'll take that bet. Okay. You know, and okay. uh, uh, you know I know he's uh, under uh, the FBI's control right now for uh, for that, but but well, we I, I heard he needs to raise some money, so let me see if uh, if Carlton can take uh, take your bet. Hey, guess what? On that kind of bet, is there another and an over? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know he he's uh, he's saying whoa, he's me right now. It's, it's, it's uh, going to be well scaled. Yeah. Hey, listen, like uh, boys and girls, uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll be closing out the week. We'll be uh, breaking down and giving you our predictions on the uh, World Boxing uh, Super Series fight and uh, the big fights that uh, we will be watching uh, on uh, HBO, including uh, the return of uh, uh, Roman Gonzalez, more commonly known as uh, Chocolito, uh, as he gets his uh, shot uh, at a rematch uh, of uh, uh, the fighter, which I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, who uh, actually uh, uh, gave him his first and only loss. So uh, make sure you tune in. Hopefully we'll have some time to open up the phone lines. Uh, but uh, uh, And speaking of Triple G and Canelo, you can mark it down right now that we will be doing a post-fight show. Uh, there is no question about that. So uh, make sure you include uh, tuning in uh, right here, uh, wherever you're watching or listening to uh, the Billy C Show, uh, that uh, as soon as that fight is over, um, tune it in here uh, to get our thoughts, and we will open up the phone lines to get yours. So we, you, you all know how it is after the big fights. It's late at night, and, and you're all jacked up, and uh, you want to talk about the fight that just took place. Well, uh, make sure you mark it down on your calendar that uh, Sal and myself will be here uh, to take the calls. Now, unfortunately, when we take the calls, Sal won't be here because, uh, you know, in order to take the call, I got to, uh, you know, hang up on uh, uh, our connection with Sal. But uh, uh, we will be giving you our thoughts, and we're hoping to get a lot of yours uh, come uh, next weekend. And I'm, I'm excited about this fight, Sal, but uh, we got a good weekend of fights coming up this weekend. So that'll be a little, uh, uh, you know, precursor to the big, huge fight uh, of next weekend. So, uh, uh, hey, I'm going to leave you guys with this. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.